Welcome, welcome to the Create a Dynasty podcast. Tonight, the dynasty is born, baby. Where chasing championships never ends. This fantasy football podcast is brought to you by CreatorRank.com. Follow us on Twitter at CreatorRank. And find us on Facebook and YouTube. The road to glory begins now. As we discuss draft strategy, trade advice, and player evaluation to help you create a dynasty. Yes, it's a dynasty. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Create a Dynasty podcast. Now, today we have a little bit more of a fun show for you guys today. I'm here along with Ben and Nate. What's up, y'all? How you guys doing? And we're going to be doing a mailbag. But before we get into the mailbag questions and all everyone listening who tweeted us questions, we really do appreciate those. It does help us out a lot. Uh, And then we're going to be talking about our Dynasty League that we started, Listener League, which I mean, I know you guys think and you guys have your own opinion, but I'm dominating that league. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, you're only saying that because you got Jimmy G. Uh, you get and that, yeah, that was my that was in I in the chat when I, as soon as I did it, I, I put a Homer, I put a Homer Simpson because I <laughs> that was purely a Homer a Homer pick. But my first quarterback was Wentz, right? Which is your other team, so pretty predictable. I mean, it was it, the value was there. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll get into it. That was a great pick. I thought. <laughs> um. So actually, why don't we start with you, Ben? I mean, you are up. Everyone's waiting for you. <laughs> You're right. Just saw that. So I'm up. It's uh for everyone's information. It's the 19th round right now. So basically, looking for sleepers, bye week fillers, people that you think can you know improve and be potential point scorers for you in the future. But for this pick, I'm going for a bi-week filler and someone who has a role in that offense right now, albeit he is the wide receiver three on that team, but he has a solidified role, and that pick is Muhammad Sanu. Interesting pick. Yeah, I mean, the floor's there, right? He's uh, yeah. He's what? He was wide receiver 31 last year, and PPR 29 the year before that. 95 targets, 66 catches, pretty four or five touchdowns. I mean, you're talking bi-week filler. That's what more could you want? Yeah. Yeah, um, that's not a bad pick. I mean, it's on a great offense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now that actually, I don't know the, who's, who, who set the draft order, but we put Ben and me back-to-back. <laughs> so, real quick, real quick, as you guys being brothers during this league – do you guys feel like you guys were sniping each other left and right? Yes, absolutely. All the time. <laughs> Super frustrating because, like, he'll pick – because we're picking, we're doing the snake draft. He picks in front of me one, and then I'll pick in front of him one. And so, naturally, we text each other because, I mean, we've been co-owners forever. We've been playing fantasy football forever. Uh, it's just one of those things where I'll have a question, and I almost don't want to ask him because I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to get a fake answer, if I'm going to get the real answer, because I think we're thinking the same thing all the time. And so it's really, it's really difficult to pick back-to-back like this. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if, like, 
I'm sorry, Ben, but I know for me, if I was in a league with friends and then all of a sudden we're in a league different, I mean, it's funny because we were, we were going back and forth, Ben, and you were, we were talking about my kids and you said that she's almost ready. I was like, nope, when she can read and when she can reach the <laughs> draft board, at that moment is when she can play because I'm not helping nobody. <laughs> <laughs> just a savage over there <laughs> hey <laughs> that's awesome man. No, it's just one of those things where him and i have always played together so it's cool to play against each other yeah. because i think we share similar strategies and we'll see who can do it better yeah like it sucks like we could like not like you know talk to each other between our picks and all that and we would probably still snipe each other because our big boards are so much alike because we we basically do them together and you know we critique them on our own but like 90 percent of it's like yeah this guy is our wire receiver 22 like the exact same guy yeah without talking to each other yeah yeah so how far apart are you guys in age uh two years two years eh? that's yeah that's close yeah so yeah we'll see hopefully hopefully i get a guy he was targeting here i was looking at sanu i wouldn't say i was going to take sanu here but uh I'm in a weird spot, man, because I only have – I have four running backs, none of which are bona fide <laughs> studs. I can I can uh, tell you of a team with bona fide running backs. Yeah, right, yeah. So my, my general philosophy is I like to get at least one stud, but in dynasty drafts we talked about this. You stack the wide receivers and then draft rookie running backs um, with your rookie picks. Well, I ended up – Go with DeAndre Hopkins, Brandon Cooks, Amari Cooper for my first three picks. So all of these stud running backs are gone. Um, actually, the first two teams to pick, picking out of the 101 and 102, through their first four rounds, they took seven running backs. So that kind of defeated uh, the zero RB for me. A lot of good guys are gone. So I'm looking at Rashad Penny, Kenyon Drake, James White, and Devin Singletary running back. Uh, so at this point, I know this is a bit of a reach in the 19th round, but I have to take Bruce Anderson. I know he wasn't uh, highly drafted. Actually, I don't even think he got drafted. I believe he was a UDFA. Um, but in that Tampa Bay offense, I don't trust Ronald Jones. Uh, Peyton Barber can't really catch the football. Um, I'll take Bruce Anderson with what he had going, and uh, hopefully it sticks. Ooh. Well, hopefully we can get to um, my – no, Bruce Anderson is a good pick, though, just because – like you said, re- realistically, that backfield is pretty open. That's murky. Maybe the uh, we'll get into uh, maybe in a later episode the Melvin Gordon issues, but that might be a landing spot for Melvin Gordon. But I'm hoping it's the North Dakota Ooh. State product, Bruce Anderson. Yeah, yeah. And then just and there was another pick right now. Uh, D Brown just picked Rashad Perryman. Yeah, so, again, shout out to them. So yeah, maybe I can take my pick while we're recording this show. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, we'll keep an eye on it. Yeah, you know what's funny about this draft? I, I had so much fun for me with this draft just because, um, honestly, oh, shoot. Sorry. Um, so, you know, we all love fantasy football. And as we're going through these questions, please forgive me, guys, because I'm in the middle of uh, another draft. Everybody knows the Scotty Fishbowl satellite draft. Yep. And I'm on the clock there. So oh. I'm going to make that pick live too do it um but um i had a lot of fun just because this draft was very different for me started off michael thomas and then i went running back running back only because is i was hoping to take either Ertz or george kittle because i'm not sure we said it but this is a 
tight end premium league. So that was the plan. I went Nick Chubb, Le'Veon Bell, Miles Sanders, and then I have Kareem Hunt, which was more a future pick. Sure. And I mean, as my first tight end was OJ Howard. So I'm not, I'm not mad at my team. I mean, like we talk about, and I've said it too, I like to go wide receiver heavy in drafts, but it's just hard when Nick Chubb goes there and then Le'Veon Bell falls to me in the third round. Right. Um, it was just hard for me to pass it up. Um, that's the thing is we can preach our, our philosophies. Like you should always do this and this and this, but each draft is different. And so that's something that you have to be an athlete and adjust on the fly to when stuff happens and, Hey, you want to take a bunch of wide receivers, but as like, I mean, as I showed, like I tried to follow that to a T and now my running back one is Rashad Penny. I don't know how I feel about that. So um, it's just one of those things where you have to, you have a philosophy, but you have to make sure you're able to adjust as the board falls to you. Exactly. Exactly. That's why for me, the best strategy is always just stay, um, stay water. I know that that's not my saying, but realistically you got to be adaptable because you go in and that thing changes. So the last thing about this league, who, so besides ourselves, because we can go back and forth about ourselves and say, who's is better. Who do you think has the best shot this year of winning it? Me. Oh, oh, besides ourselves. Oh, oh, sorry. (laughs) Uh, Man, I don't know. I I haven't really sat down and evaluated all these rosters in full, to be honest with you. But just from looking at the first couple of picks, I mean, there's definitely some interesting interesting takes. Um, It seems to be a good blend of having some older folks, like some – Adam Thielen type players, Antonio Brown, mixing those with younger guys. Um, some good, some good squads. I'll be interested to see how the bearded shotgun and BZB, how they do with loading up with running backs early, what their wide receiver core looks like later on. But I honestly don't have a solid answer who I think the, besides me, who the number two team is, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I think actually, sorry, go ahead, Ben. Sorry, Lou. And when I first when you first said that joke, it kind of fell off my dinosaur. You know, I'm a little. Uh, old. <laughs> then, yeah, yeah. Well, I can't. I can't um, talk. I can't talk mess about that. I'm the oldest one on the show. <laughs> but uh, for best team so far, besides us three, um, I'm looking at it right now, and like as far as like as of like for. 2019, I think yes, it would have to be yes. BZB 58, only because of he has solid running backs, and then he's got two very solid or three very solid wideouts, albeit they're very old. But we're looking at 2019 and not further on. With you know, he's got wide receivers of T.Y. Hill and A.J. Green, Julian Edelman, with running backs of McCaffrey, Carryon Johnson, David Montgomery. So, right. And also has uh, T.J. Hodgson as a tight end, which I think all of us are pretty much high on. Right. Like he may, he right. He may have to replace Hilton Green at Element here soon. But as as far as 19 contender, I like all those guys, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those are – it's funny. Those are the, actually the two teams I was looking at was BZB and Beard Shotgun. Yep. Just because in, in, in a year-to-year, uh, running backs are scary, especially if you got top tiers. Yep. Yeah. Um, that's – it's, there's data on it, but the somebody did a look back at like the 2012 uh, top 24 picks in Dynasty ADP. There is, I want to say, one running back still in the NFL. Um, yeah, you know, I saw that. I, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. 
So it's kind of crazy to see the longevity of it. But yeah, at the end of the day, um, whether you're playing for fun or playing for money, you always want to try to be winning. It doesn't really matter. Like I know Ben has said this before on previous podcasts. If you're forecasting six years ahead of time, you're probably not going to be winning. You got to be playing for 19 and you got to have some of that, those layers of skill guys coming up later that you can build on. I'm projecting out and out and out. I'm, I'm never worried about the now and I'm never going to win. Right. No, I agree. I agree. Um, so let's go ahead and get into the mailbag. But oh, oh. man. <laughs> On the clock. <laughs> you are up. All right. So there are two players that I'm looking at right now. Actually, three. And I think I can get that guy a little later. So, uh-huh. yeah, gamble, gamble. Um, <laughs> you know what? Even though I believe in Didi, I just want to make sure that I have That's fair. whoever is going to be that guy in Jacksonville. At least I yeah. have two out of three. So I'm going with Marquise Lee in that one. And real okay. quick, real quick, before – man, we're moving now. Real quick. <laughs> Before I get into it, because everybody who does love fantasy loves Scotty Fishbowl, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. You guys want to hear what I have? I would love to hear your team. So it's a two-quarterback league, tight end premium, and then you get bonuses. You get bonuses for, like, first downs and stuff like that. It's best ball, right? Oh. Best ball, yeah. Yep. So I got DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Evans, and then Aaron Rodgers as my first quarterback, then T.Y. Hilton, and then Carson Wentz, David Montgomery. And then, because I want to make sure that I have a solid, because the thing is, in this point, I don't have a tight end yet. I want to make sure that I have at least that first core pretty solid. So I went with Lamar Jackson because what tipped me off with, with that, even though I don't like running back quarterbacks, He's going to run a lot, which is going to get me those bonus points for the first downs. Yep, and in best ball, too, if he just goes bonkers one week. Exactly, exactly. So what my feeling is is that at least in the quarterback area, I'm always going to have a quarterback, at least two quarterback ones because they all have different bye weeks as well. Agreed. Uh, And then I also do love my wide receiver core with DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Evans, T.Y. Hilton. And then my last pick, the eighth pick, was Robbie Anderson. Ooh. That's a great best ball pick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, that's and I'm looking at getting like Deshaun Jackson late, a little later too. Um, but we'll yep, see what's nice. there. But I'm gonna be looking as we're going through this show. I'm gonna be looking to see who I'm actually no. You know who I'm gonna get? Because I think he's underrated. I already know. Because I am. I want a tight end. So my first tight end is Trey Burton. Nice. And he's the. He's like the 11th or 12th tight end picked. Yeah, nice. Uh, he was a PPR tight end seven last year. Um, yeah, and I think people – and we'll get into that um, on another show. Uh, but, yeah, I think he's being underrated. Yep. So, there we go. Best ball. Live action, live picks. Let's go ahead and get <laughs> – <laughs> let's go ahead and get into the, the mailbag. Um, Nate, start us off. Okay. Uh, Actually, for you know the mailbag. What? I'm sorry, Nate. I'm sorry, Nate, because, you know, we, we are a little bit of a business. Yeah. 
let's go ahead and get this part out the way. Okay. This podcast enough. is brought to you by createarank.com, our brand new fantasy football website where you, the fan, can create your own set of customized player rankings. We have a great team putting out content every day in the form of articles, videos, podcasts, and more. We also offer a 20-minute one-on-one chat with our site experts completely free for 2019. For more, follow us on Twitter at CreatorRank and check us out on Facebook and YouTube. Company right. men. Love it. <laughs> Go ahead. So for the mailbag, again, guys, we really appreciate you reaching out. We are not able to do these shows without questions, obviously. So thank you for reaching out. It means a lot to us. Hopefully we can provide some insight on the uh, questions you asked. So the first question is from Stephen Warbington. You can find him on Twitter at Stephen Warbington. That's Stephen with a PH, uh, Stephen Warbing one. His first question was, how do you evaluate the value of older quarterbacks in a dynasty format? So for me personally, looking at an older quarterback, I'm thinking along the lines of Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady type guys. Where do they fall as far as me owning them in dynasty? And I would say they have they have a spot. I don't want to reach if it's one quarterback. I don't want to reach on a quarterback in the first two, three, four, five rounds of a one quarterback startup. That's just my personal philosophy. It's not the only way, but that's my philosophy. I think those guys are great picks because it seems that their value is down a little bit because they're older to snag them a little bit later. And you can grab a, a, one of those rookies and he might be a little bit uh, leery of Lamar Jackson and his rushing floor, or you're a little bit curious about Mitch Trubisky and Ben will talk about that. But if I can have Mitch Trubisky and back him up with Ben Roethlisberger, I'm probably okay. Even if Mitch Trubisky doesn't pan out to what I want. So that, that's kind of how I, how I look at him. Ben. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Um, it's kind of like how like 30-year-old running backs are like unicorns and after that like it falls apart. That's the same for quarterbacks, but like take 10 years off their age. So if they're 30, they're practically 20. So they, they're going to be able to play longer. So like QBs like, you know, Matt Ryan, Ben Roethlisberger, Phillip Rivers, um, Andy Dalton, stuff like those guys that, you know, are in their 30 pluses, they still got another like five to six years. And you can snag them up in like in the 16th round as your QB2 or QB3, depending on what league you're in. I would feel very, very much comfortable because they can be awesome bi week fillers. Or if, like Nick said, you know, guys like Trubisky, you know, they don't pan out, which I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Or, you know, you're really high on Kyler Murray or on Lamar Jackson, you know, and they don't pan out. You have at least a reliable quarterback in your, you know, on your bench that you can rely on. Right. Yeah, let's just not put Dalton in the same category with like Matt Ryan and Rivers or Matt Stafford or Stafford. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, honestly, I, mean, I, true, I was just saying a thirty. No, no, I I agree with all that because I mean, actually, you guys brought up good, uh, both pretty good age groups because Ben Roethlisberger. Um, Drew Brees, guys like that, there's a place for them because they can win you games. So don't shy away from them. As far as trade value, it's just team dependent. Do you want to win right now? Are you in win now mode or are you building for the future? That's kind of how you determine your value in that one. And then when we go to like Matt Ryan, don't undervalue Matt Ryan because of his age. He's not old for a quarterback. He's going to throw. Yeah, that's Yep. The, the peak ages, and I, I'd have to look at the exact stats, so don't quote me, but like Ben said, 
your peak quarterback is not until about 30 years old, you know, and so that's when he's really been in the league. You look at some of these cats, it's 18, it's, I'm sorry, eight or nine years that they've been in the NFL, and that's when they're at their peak because they can play. You look at Tom Brady, he's 42, 43. Drew Brees is 40. Big Ben's 38. Big Ben led the NFL in passing yards last year. So if you're shying away from Matt Ryan at 34 because he's 34, I think you're making a mistake. I agree. Ben, you want to go ahead? And I hope we answered that question efficiently. Ben, you want to go ahead and take us into the next one? Yeah. So for question two, it's from the same guy, uh, Stephen Warbington, at Stephen Warbington 1. His question, again, is what is the best platform for Dynasty? And you just want to do this in unison? Uh, yes, I think we can all say on the count of three, one, two, three, sleeper. 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 Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it used there. So there was flea flick, flicker out. That was easy. I mean, what is it? Uh, my fantasy football league. It's good if you like yeah, complex, fantasy. complex stuff. Um, it's it's not bad. I mean, it's customizable. But I mean, the most easiest and I think the cleanest one is sleeper. Yeah, by far, in my opinion. Uh, ben and I started up a, uh, a league last year, and we were trying to figure out where they want to host it. And unfortunately, I don't think ESPN actually has the capability for Dynasty at this point in time, um, besides, like, loading the rosters manually. Sleeper is awesome. The clean AI. And my favorite part about Sleeper is the customer service. Um, I've had issues before where I had Julio Jones in my lineup, and somehow after the game started, he ended up on my bench. And so obviously the games have started. I can't put him back in. And it was one of those things that Sleeper was like, hey, sorry, it's a bug. I texted him. Or I'm sorry, I shot him, I shot him an email, and they, they fixed it within 20 minutes. So that, that's what really takes Sleeper over the top for me is the customer service. You know, for me, I can't, I can't say that. I mean, I haven't dealt with their customer service. But I do have to say for my fantasy league, um, they actually have pretty good service too. Because during the Scotty Fishbowl thing, something was happening with my account they were to help me and it, it all got solved within like an hour. Yeah. So they were, yeah, they responded pretty good too. So I, I can't knock them on their customer service. They, they do a good job. So for dynasty, no, no, I, for sure. yeah, for dynasty, I think it's sleeper. And then for me, the second one, I still have leagues on my fantasy league. I, I don't mind it. I, I, I've been in a couple of my fantasy leagues and I think they're pretty good too. It it's, it's super customizable. Like you're saying you, I mean, any kind of weird, tweak that you can think of you can do it in, in yeah, my fantasy yeah, exactly I don't, I don't think sleepers there yet with that as far as the customizability of it but i mean if i'm not trying to figure out how many first downs i'm going to get extra points per first down on every monday night football while they're wearing a jersey number in the 20s like sleeper doesn't have that my fantasy league does um so uh, give me sleeper every time for the easy interface that comes with it yeah and it's and it's really like new to dynasty friendly correct yeah definitely I mean, they have it in their bio for Twitter that they are the 101 of, you know, fantasy football platforms. And <laughs> they don't lie. So what about for redrafts? Are you guys going to be using Sleeper as well, or are you going to go to, like, ESPN or Yahoo? Uh, ESPN and Yahoo are pretty good for redraft, I would say. Um, I am not particularly a fan. After finding Sleeper, I was, I was turned off ESPN. I, I'm, quite frankly, uh, my redraft league of record hosted with all my high school uh, football buddies, and they're – I don't, I don't want to go back to ESPN, but I do because they're still there and I'm, I'm going to be commissioner of a work league and I'm trying to push people to go to sleeper, but I'll still do it. It's not like they're, they're horrific. It's just, I, I personally, I, I just really like sleeper. I think it's, yeah, that's, super that's going to be my mission too, is to bring everybody to sleeper. But I think everybody just gets so, um, you know, on ESPN cause that's what they know and that's what they like, but 
we'll see what happens. So my turn. Yeah, you're up for three. Yes. So is it Dam or Dom? Dom. Dom. Dom Johnson FF at Dom FFL. How high should you value rookie picks? And I mean, for that, it just depends on the draft class, honestly. Like for this one, everybody was talking about how realistically, how how crappy it was going to be. And it was just a wide receiver one. But I mean, when it came down to it, Josh Jacobs was number one. It just, and especially where he went because of the work he's going to go, the value seemed to change. Did you guys notice that? Yeah, for sure. Because uh, I saw a lot of Nikhil Harry 101, Nikhil Harry 101. And then yeah. it's up in Oakland where there was no running back, really. And so his value shot up. You know, so it went back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, because this, this year the 101 was supposed to be a wide receiver. Um, so as far as as yep. far as far value, realistically, again, it, it, it sucks because I don't like to get just give a um, broad answer, but it really is team dependent. Are you If you're rebuilding – maybe you take a little bit of a loss on someone like a Le'Veon Bell because of the fact is, is you can only use them for so long of a period and you want to build for the future. And you're looking at that 2020 class and you're seeing what's coming out of there. So you're going to take a loss for this year, maybe get a couple first round picks and build youth for the future. Right. Uh, I think, I think, and I hate to be another company man here, but if you follow our podcast, uh, we give you a weekly prospect of the week and uh, we try to help you guys out and see what, Hey, what is that 2021st worth? And if we had been doing this in uh, before the 2019 draft, we'd, uh, we'd outlined all these guys as well. And you can, you can see, Hey, this is where I think this pick is going to fall. Um, you can make that, that decision seven or eight. You can really see, Hey, where is this pick is going to be a top half, bottom half, middle, where, where's it going to be? And so you can decide, hey, where's the value fall? And if that's something that your team needs, hey, say you're stacked up at wide receiver. You took DeAndre Hopkins, Brandon Cooks, and Amari Cooper with your first three picks. Well, your running backs don't look that hot. And so if I can end up with a higher level 2021st, and I know that DeAndre Swift, Travis Etienne, Jonathan Taylor, all these guys are coming out, I can kind of game that and understand that that 2021st is going to be my running back two or my running back one. So you can adjust accordingly. Like, hey, how much would you pay for your running back one? How much would you pay for your running back two? Exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree. I agree with all the points you guys said. There's a there's another thing too that I saw somebody posted, and it was a 2021st, and it was worth like I don't know somewhere within like the 30 point range. And I looked up like uh, DeAndre Swift, Travis Etienne, Jerry Judy, and they were all 10 points below it on uh, the Dynasty Trade Calculator. And so it's just those picks, like once you actually fire those picks, just diminish in value rapidly. So like, so like, while like, yeah, you should value rookie picks if you're in a, uh, a rebuild, but like, if you know, like by week 10, Hey, you know, I'm gonna have a top three pick or, you know, a top five pick, hold on to that pick until like draft day, because they're not going to get they're That's the most expensive they're going to be. They're not going to get any cheat. They're only going to get, I guess more expensive the longer you wait. Right. And if you sell them, you know, at the end of the season or midway through the season, because you're trying to make a push for playoffs when in all reality, you know, you're going to have to win out for that to happen. Like just take the pick and then move, wait till draft day. And then you can probably trade it. And probably in this 2020 class, you can probably trade a 2021st 
if it's in the top like three rounds or, you know, like a round two startup guy. So like a Melvin Gordon, a uh, Joe Mixon, Todd Gurley type player. Yeah, the, the oh. 2021st love right now. So it's, it's July. Typically you see draft picks. You see them have value right now. You see them dip a little bit in season, but then you see them climb exponentially as the season ends and we get back into combine and all the other stuff in February and the draft. And so right now, those 2020 picks are astronomically high. Go try to trade or acquire a 2021st. It's, it's dang near impossible at this point. And it's only going to get higher. Yeah. So being able, to, being able to understand what that value can get you. If you are a team that is a piece away, do you want to risk having the number six pick and miss – so you need a running back. You want to risk missing out one of those running backs, be forced into taking the best player available, which is a wide receiver, or do you want to take that 2021st at its peak value when the draft is approaching and flip that for, like Ben said, Melvin Gordon or something. That's something you could do. And so each, each class is going to be a little different. And this 2020 class looks phenomenal. And I'm starting to get into the 2021 class. And it, looks, it also looks pretty dang good. So understanding what they are and assigning player names to the picks is very helpful, I think, in that process. No, I agree. So I, I was going to say, I guess the best answer really is that the value changes I would say get to know your league mates so that you can see how they evaluate them and then either take it to use it to your advantage or hold on to them. Yep. And before we move on to the next question, there's something that, you know, I've learned and seen and it's been done and it works is during the season, find those guys that, you know, just want to make playoffs and, you know, send them, you know, some players for draft picks because they're going to be cheaper during the season, like Nate said. And then when the off season comes, you can sell those draft picks and recoup all those players you got or just draft the studs that are coming in. So yep. it's very – and it sounds very easy to do and it's much harder to do, but it's a good process to do. Yep. No, agreed. All right, question number four is from Michael Risher over at the Fantasy Football Astronauts. You can find him on Twitter at FF underscore Rish. He asks, what is your strategy in tight end premium drafts? So for me personally, I think there's a common misconception in tight end premium. Generally, tight end premium means there's some sort of points premium placed on a reception. So um, instead of a one point per reception, a tight end gets 1.5 or two points per reception. So the intent behind that is to drive up the value of a position that historically doesn't have eight catches a game like a wide receiver would or you know eight to ten targets a game like a wide receiver would. And so it's supposed to push that tight end up to be equal with the running backs, which is why we created PPR in the first place was to push the wide receiver value up with the running back value. And so essentially we're trying to make everything as equal as we can. It's why we have super flex and all this other thing. So we want every position to be the same value. Well, in tight end premium, like I said, it's based on receptions generally. It's not yards. It's not touchdowns. So you have guys that are reception beasts as far as tight ends are concerned. Off the top of my head, you have Travis Kelsey, you have Zach Ertz and George Kittle are the big three that I think of that would greatly benefit from tight end premium because they're catching 80 plus balls a season. Now tight end premium does not necessarily mean a tight end like OJ Howard, who's not necessarily a receptions beast, but he's going to be a red zone monster and he's going to be a long yards per, uh, I'm sorry, yards per catch monster. Um, he doesn't necessarily get that same benefit that an 80 reception Zach Ertz gets. He might have 60 catches. He might have 12 touchdowns, but he's only going to have 60 catches. So that tight end premium gets a little confusing. So in my opinion, I would say 
target those guys who get the large target share of their offense. So I think of guys like Planey Walker and Greg Olson back in the day where they had the large yardage shares, but not necessarily huge touchdown shares because they're getting one and a half points per catch instead of the one. I mean, next. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I just think it's it's a misconception because a lot of of guys are like, oh, Jimmy Graham, his value goes up in tight end premium. Well, does it? I mean, does he catch the ball a lot or is he a red zone machine? Do you get more points because he's a red zone machine or do you get the same amount of points for a touchdown? And so that's just kind of one of the misconceptions I think that people have. No, I mean – it's true, honestly, just because on, on a percent, I, you know, we've been working on projections for, for this season and yep. I switched because my model doesn't, does not break up to be able to do um, a tight end premium. So I did the whole thing with a 1.5 and then I just looked at my tight ends and like Trey Burton went from a tight end seven to a tight end five. Right. And that, that, that is something that could very easily change based on, is he a volume guy or is he a red zone guy? And so exactly. having, understanding which type of tight end you have on your team is going to affect his value in a tight end premium draft. Yeah, no, that was, that was great. Thanks. I played tight end in college. You can tell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, when it comes to like the strategy in tight end premium, I don't know if he's asking more so of what Nate answered or more so like what do you do in a draft? Uh, so I'll go, I'll tackle the one in a draft and it's like, if you're at the number 12 pick, pick Travis Kelsey, if he's not picked already, because he finished as, I want to say a wide receiver seven to 10 and just normal PPR. Right. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. I think so you're right. at, at, you know, half a point of perception to him, he's your what wide receiver two. He was the wide receiver man? one. I've run these numbers. Kelsey was wide receiver one. And so was Ertz. Okay. So, yeah, so you can grab guys like the big three, Kittle, Ertz, Kelsey, as your wide receiver one. And then you can take uh, young flyers at your wide receiver, like a Dante Pettit, a DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton, uh, Tyler Boyd, as your wide receiver two threes. And you know that you have, you know, your stud tight end that will make up for those points. So, like, that's something that I did in – our draft for the listener league is I took Zach Ertz and he's my wide receiver one. <laughs> and I went out and I took uh, Evan Ingram to be my tight end one. And I both feel like they're going to be top five tight ends. And that's only going to ultimately help my wide receiver core. Cause it's lacking somewhat. Right. Yep. No, it's, 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 it's a valid strategy because you don't care where those points come from. You just need the points. Right. And so if it comes from a high end yeah. wide receiver, if it comes from a tight end, so be it. The worry, I think, is the age. Wide receivers have historically shown they can play longer. Uh, tight ends uh, tend to deteriorate because it's a little more physically demanding. But the new age NFL, you have straight up big slot wide receivers with a tight end label. You know, does Jimmy Graham putting his hand in the ground and, and, and lead blocking for his zone? No, he's not. He's, he's just catching passes. So. so in a tight end premium, who do you have ranked higher for Dynasty, Kittle or Hertz? Um. I'll take it first, Ben. I have Kittle ranked higher, um, and this is not anything to do with Ertz. Um, it is a situation where I think Zach Ertz is going to be replaced. He is 28 years old, I think, and uh, they drafted a second-round tight end in Dallas Goddard. They have to. The Eagles have always been tight, strapped on the cap. 
So they have to make moves and do things to keep Carson Wentz, to, which is why I think they drafted J.J. Uh, Arcega Whiteside. They drafted Miles Sanders to get these guys on young rookie contracts. They have pieces on the offensive line they have to pay. They have pieces on the defensive line they have to pay. Something is going to be expendable, and Dallas Goddard is pretty dang good. So I could see the Eagles moving on from Zach Ertz, which is why I have George Kittle higher than Zach Ertz at this time. Uh no, no arguments for me there. I, I agree. Kittle's got the age. Kittle's got no one behind him. I mean, you can say Jalen Hurd, but come on now. He's not um, a real threat to the tight end position. Yeah, exactly. And, like, Ertz is close to 30. He's got, like you said, Dallas Kirk behind him, who like has draft capital that can carry on, and we'll get into that question later. But uh, as far as, like, those big two things, yeah, I would take Kittle over uh, Ertz. Yeah, same for me. Now, real quick, just a real quick, and let's say if it was just for this year, who do you have higher? Probably Ertz. Ertz. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Same answers. But that's why in that, that's why Dynasty. I just I just wanted to kind of prove the point that when you're drafting that age, when it comes to that, does matter a little bit. Yep. Yep. All right. So for me, it's DJ McNellis. DJ, and then his Twitter is actually a little bit different. Jack of all Dynasty. J-A-K-O-F-A-L-L-D-Y-N-A-S-T-Y. Which is a better way to do your dynasty startup? Auction or snake? Which do you prefer? I mean, I think the funnest way is auction, but I mean, if with a lot of these, with a lot of these uh, leagues, if you don't know the people, probably snake is the easiest. But if you can get people together to actually do it, that's when it's it. I think that's when auction is fun. When was when you can do it live. I agree. Uh, if you can get, and it adds another wrinkle too. I like. I've never played in a salary cap league, but I think that's something else that would, that's a nice wrinkle for the the true diehard fantasy football players. Um, having an auction value doesn't necessarily pigeonhole you. Like, hey, I'm picking twelfth. I have zero percent chance of getting Saquon Barkley. It's like, well, if you want to pay up for Saquon Barkley, you can get him, but it's gonna cost you and hurt you and some sort of percentage of the money you have to build the team around Saquon Barkley. So I think an auction gives you the best ability to have equal talent distribution and test everybody's skills. But a snake, I think is by far the easiest. And it's one of the, the old school, right? The old school ways to do uh, a draft where, Hey, I'm picking out of this hole. I can expect this and all this other stuff. So. Yeah. Yep. I, I agree with all of it. Like you guys said, auction, Auction's fun, uh, albeit, unfortunately, I've never done it. I want to do it. Uh, I want to sit in a room with a bunch of friends and yell and scream numbers at a board, and whoever yells the loudest gets the guy. But uh, yeah, when it comes down to it, snakes the easiest because we all have lives, we all work, we all you know have things that happen. So kind of solidifying you know a day to sit down, like eight hours to sit down and do something, it will be hard to do. So when it comes down to it, I'd rather prefer snake. Sure. Um, all right. So questions from Terry Kane at Terry underscore Kane nine. His question is IDP or no for a startup. So for me personally, man, I, I have not gotten into the IDP game, the individual defensive players. Um, I prefer to watch the offense. I know defense is very important, but for me, uh, it's just not a wrinkle that I've gotten into yet. If that's something you want to do, I'll, by all means, man, go for it. I think it's an awesome. I think it's an awesome twist. It adds a different layer. Do you want to be an offensive team? Do you want to be a defensive team? You're able to make those decisions 
when you have those players, but I think it just expands even further. You know, like we're talking about, do you want to go zero RB? Do you want to go zero wide receiver? Well, you could add that to, well, do I want to be a great offense? Do I want to be a great defense? How do I want to build that stuff? So me personally, I'm not an IDP, but what do you guys think? You want to take that, Ben? I'm going to have the same answer as Nate. I, I have okay. an IDP. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm, I actually got into my first IDP dynasty league this year. Uh, and honestly, like, I would not be able to do a show on IDP because I'm looking at my team. I really do not know if I have a good team or a bad team. I mean, I, there's, there's, and I don't know if I have it set up. There's players that I like. It's just, I don't know. Um, so if I have to choose right now, I'm going to say no. Yeah, it's just not something that, and to be honest, I like having been a, a division one college football player, I understand how important defense is to winning football games. I understand how important it is to winning championships. But for me, as a casual as a casual fan, sitting on the couch with a beer on Sunday morning, I want to see touchdowns. I want to see big plays. I don't, <laughs> you know. So from a fantasy perspective, I don't really want to. I don't want to have to dive into did he get an assisted tackle? Was it a full tackle? I, I want to see touchdowns and yards. So for me personally, again, I'm not into IDP. But, but yeah, and I mean, you said it perfectly. It's one of those things. If you are not, if you're a casual fan. Yeah, that, and that's kind of why I did it. I just wanted something a little different. Um, but I'm only in one. I'm not in crazy numbers, so we'll see. Yeah. I think we're on question seven, right, Ben? Yep. Hey, guys. Uh, so, my bad. My bad, Ro. Did I mess up the order? You're good, dude. Okay. Hey, skip five. <laughs> I, I, I'm an athlete. <laughs> Go ahead, Ben. It's all pretty audible. <laughs> all right. So question number seven is from uh, Dylan Busby. Uh, and you can find him at Twitter at Dylan Busby one. That's D I L L O N B U S B Y and number one. And his question is, which player would you prefer in dynasty Cortland Sutton or DJ Moore? Uh, a man after my heart. So this is very easy for me only because I love DJ Moore, and I would take him over Cortland Sutton 10 out of 10 times with no hesitation. Um, I just think that he's more explosive. People knack on, or people not knack, but people critique his route running, but it's pretty freaking good. Uh, I don't know if you watched the Detroit game again. Detroit defense, you know, isn't that great? But hey, we're going to the Super Bowl this year. Uh, yeah, this is the year. Um, there was a touchdown that he had that he made our corner look absolutely. Really that was T's Tabor, it was, though, wasn't it? It was T's Tabor. Uh, yeah. He made him look absolutely dumb on that route. And then the comebacks that he had in that same game, I don't know if it was still T's Tabor, but he made them look dumb. And just what Carolina is going to do with that offense, I'm very excited for. I think it's going to be very explosive, more run out of the, or more uh, yards after the catch for wide receivers. And with him, being very explosive, Curtis Samuel being very explosive. I'm going to enjoy watching those games. And to be honest, I'm taking the offensive line of Denver or uh, Carolina. I say it's a push, but then when it comes to quarterback, give me Cam over Joe Flacco all day. That's fair. Uh, for me personally, man, DJ Moore is a running back in a wide receiver's body. 
Um, and it's kind of weird that him and Curtis Samuel are on the same team. I think DJ Moore is everything all of the Curtis Samuel truthers want him to be uh, with a little more refined route running. I love DJ Moore. Um, looking at my 2019 projections, I actually have DJ Moore at 240.6 fantasy points, and I have Cortland Sutton at 240.3. So I really don't have like, <laughs> a solid answer for you because I think they're, they're pretty interchangeable. Um, Cortland Sutton is your bigger bodied classic alpha wide receiver that we talked about, the big X wide receiver. Um, and an offense that is going to have a new quarterback here shortly with Drew Locke, or Drew Locke who's shown a knack for throwing the football. You have a diminutive running back in Phillip Lindsay um, versus in Carolina, you have Cam Newton who's going to run the ball, and you have a huge target hog and Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield. <laughs> um, so while I think both of those guys are bona fide wide receiver ones for fantasy football, I think I lean DJ Moore just because of his versatility, but I'm not upset if I have Cortland Sutton. That's funny. I was looking at um, my projections and I have him as I've uh, DJ Moore as my 32nd ranked wide receiver and Cortlandson as my 34th ranked wide receiver. Right. It's super. Close. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it's not as easy for me then because I do like both. I think the one thing that I was looking at was the quarterbacks and would I take, would I take um, Cameron over Flacco? Yes. But then also I look at the backup quarterbacks that could be coming in for them soon. And if you have DJ Moore on Carolina Panthers, I just feel that Greer has a better shot of being a good quarterback than Locke does. So for that reason, so? just – yeah, You have Greer ahead of Locke? Yeah, I do. Interesting. Yeah. All right. I can't say that I agree with you, but I, I can understand based on watching the film where you can it, get that. Yeah, and not only that, I think it, it's it's attitude. It's just with, with Locke, and then not only that with Greer, he just seems like like he's ready for it, and maybe that's just showing he's doing it because that's what he's supposed to do, but he's handling himself well. Uh, Greer definitely has some moxie about him. I've always had a, a, a curious side. Is is Drew Locke able to be the franchise quarterback? I don't, I don't think that Will Greer has a – problem being the face of the franchise whereas Drew Lock I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's pretty much what it is for me. Um so for me, yeah, I think I just think I think real it's Greer over Lock. So for Sutton. Is it Greer? No, more, more. You would go more. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I got confused. Yeah, I was, okay. yeah, you can feel I was like, yeah. wait a minute, did I miss so something? We're, we're 3 for 3 <laughs> DJ more than. So we're saying Yeah. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Next question. Who's up? My up? Yep. Okay. Uh, Sorry. So from the San Francisco – okay, this is kind of a funny one. San Rick Cisco Morty Niners. So that's a Rick and Morty reference. Yep. You can find them at uh, Morty Niners on Twitter. Why do fantasy football players care more about draft capital than NFL teams? A couple examples, uh, Rashad Penny versus Chris Carson, uh, Royce Freeman versus Philip Lindsay the wide receivers in this draft class, which I assume he means like Calvin Harmon. Um, what do you think may be the reason behind this? So what uh, Morty is getting at here is why are we so – why are people so high on Carson when the Seattle Seahawks have, have shown that uh, Rashad Penny is the guy? Like they, uh, Chris Carson's a seventh-round pick. Rashad Penny's a first-round pick. Why are people still taking Kelvin Harmon, who was a sixth-round pick, over Terry McLaurin, who was a third-round pick in the same draft? Um, 
And for me, honestly, I think it's, it, it comes into this, the scouting. Each of us in the industry, as you, if you will, uh, we spend time evaluating these players and seeing what we like, what we don't like. Kelvin Harmon was a top five guy for me. And quite honestly, for a long time, he was my one-on-one. And to be wrong, it, it sucks, but it, you have to learn from your process. And so for me, just looking at his film and understanding what he did, I still think he has that talent more so than Terry McLaurin. If Terry McLaurin hadn't been drafted in the third round, I don't know if like if both guys are drafted in the same round. People are taking Kelvin Harmon way ahead of him. So for me personally, I think people make those decisions because they don't want to be wrong. Um, but we may have to follow what the NFL is saying. Those guys are paid to do the scouting and the evaluation. So why aren't we leading their way? I think it's a great question. So I think it's more so of like, hey, this guy's a first-rounder. He has to be good. That's why I'm drafting him. He's a first-rounder. has to be good. And when it comes down to it, the NFL doesn't care if you're drafted in the first round, seventh round, or you're not drafted at all, or if they just pick you up off the street. If you can come in, you can play, and you can ball out in the NFL, they don't care. Especially because if you're a late-round pick, because they don't have to pay you very much, and they can keep you pretty low on the payroll. As a first-round draft pick, they get, what, somewhere in that brands of 10 to $20 million, Yeah, it'll depend which on the slot, but yeah. Yeah, can eat at their, their cap and everything else. So I think I'm in the minority of I don't care where they're picked. Like, if they're good, they go to the right team, I'm going to want them. And I'll take them at the discounted price. I'm not going to reach for guys like Rashad Penny when I I clearly believe that Chris Carson has that role on lock. I'd rather take Chris Carson. And people who are like on uh, Royce Freeman and Lindsey earlier this year, we're saying Lindsey's going to be down. You know, Royce Freeman's going to come up because Royce Freeman was picked in, good if I'm wrong, the second or third round, something like that. Uh, I believe he was fourth round. I'd have to look that up, though. Fourth round. Fourth round. And then Lindsey's undrafted. But guess what? Lindsey came in, kicked his butt in training camp, earned the starting spot, and has not looked back. So why is that even a competition? <laughs> or why are we even thinking it? Right. So that. Yeah, I that think that. Yeah, no, I think that's the most confusing one with Freeman and Lindsay is why people are still believing that Freeman is going to do it. Because what I hear a lot too is that Freeman has the body for a running back, but and that Lindsay can get injured. But I mean, what did he get? It, what did he get injured on? Was it his wrist? Yes. Yeah. Same thing. Same thing that D, that uh, David Johnson got injured for. Yet he's still going in the first round. Yeah, and so uh, Royce Freeman was a third round pick, but I think it's a sunk cost fallacy, right? Like hey, I spent this money or I spent this amount of something, this, val- this, this valuable piece of material on a person. So I expect, hey, I'm gonna, as an NFL team, you don't want to look bad, right? How many GMs have been fired for taking a quarterback in the first round that didn't pan out? Um, and they want to keep playing that guy and playing that guy versus just moving on. And that's kind of what we saw with Arizona yeah. this year. They said, you know what? Hey, Rosen's not the guy. We like Kyler Murray. Instead of being like, hey, we're going to make Rosen work, we're going to make him work, they said, hey, we're moving on. We're going to grab another guy. So, yeah. The only time I feel that that uh, draft stock should matter is in rookie drafts. Like with your example, Nate, about uh, McLaren and um, Harmon. Yeah. McLaren's going to get the opportunity first because he was picked higher. Yes. So that's the only time that that should matter is in the rook- in their first year, their rookie year. After that, after year one, if Harmon shows that he is the guy – Draft stock is out the way because either way, he was still drafted and, and they're going to want to win at some point. So why not go with Harmon and take draft stock out of it? I agree. 
Uh, it's kind of like in, uh, Nate, you can attest to this in college football. They're going to give the kid they gave the scholarship to the first and most chances than the kid that the walk on. But if the yeah. scholarship kid can't get it down and the walk on can, they're going to take the walk on 10 out of 10 times to do it. Yeah, because eventually the end goal is to win football games. It's not to make yeah. your draft class look good. So if you draft the first-round yeah. quarterback and the undrafted free agent quarterback is better, yeah, the first-round guy is going to get the most opportunity to make himself uh, produce. But at some point, you want to win football games. And so whatever that takes is who it's going to be on the field. Yep. All right. You want to take this one, Ben? Yeah. So question nine is from the Fantasy Wire, Frank B. at – Fantasy Wire HQ. And his question is, I guess, rather vague. Best overall strategy to use? I, I think um, it's like zero RB or stack running backs. Yeah. I, yeah. I know it's draft strategy, but there's so many of them to do, and there's no set in stone best strategy. So, like, you, I'm trying right now in our listener league a, you know, it was a zero wide receiver approach until, unless, you know, I got like Kenny Galladay in the fourth round, which is probably just too good in that. But so I'm trying doing that. I like how my team looks. Um, you can try a zero running back approach. You can try um, running back wide out all the way down until like round 10, 11, 12. And then you can take your uh, quarterback and then tight end. There's strategies like that. But again, it's whatever you feel most comfortable with and what you are in just getting the best value for that pick. Don't try to use your strategy to be like, all right, well, I'm going zero running back and it's the fourth round, but you know, this will never happen. But DeAndre Hopkins is there. I can't pick him because I'm going zero wide outs. Sure. Like don't let your strategy, you know, persuade you into, you know, not getting the right value for your pick. Right. I think that's something we kind of talked about at the top of the, the show here was don't be pigeonholed into what you set out to do like you said Ben having Kenny Galladay there in the fourth round and would you get Allen Robinson in the sixth it's kind of like seventh seventh yeah seventh round so even more value so like yeah you want to grab all these running backs or yeah you have this strategy but always be trying to have the best player available on your team because it could make your team better but it also creates value for that player so and if you wanted to flip uh, Kenny Galladay at some point I mean Kenny Galladay's ADP is not in the fourth round so no might be able to get a player that's higher up that might be a need that you have i think the only like bona fide strategies that have been statistically proven is in a single quarterback league do not take a quarterback early the value you get for that quarterback is never going to be better than streaming it's never going to be better than having a quarterback taken around 10 or 11 you're always able to stream a quarterback that can produce a top 12 week week in and week out and that i think that's uh you have to give J.J. Zacharyson a listen on his uh, late-round podcast. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, I guess really uh, the best strategy is the creator rank strategy. And what I mean by that is um, study. Because you can go in with a strategy, like we've all said, we went through the listener league, but it changes. So create your strategy. Right. Yep. And be, yeah, like we said, be an athlete. Be able to adjust to what you're uh, – to what happens. Uh, you may have an idea of what you want, but the board may fall a certain way and you can't, you cannot pigeonhole yourself. You may end up hurting your team pretty severely for a long time. No, I agree. So our next questions comes from CPMC and we actually have something from them. I want to take a moment to tell our listeners about a fully customizable podcast service offered right on creatorrank.com. 
Brought to you by the guys at CPMC, this service offers a fully customizable podcast for your fantasy football league. They will evaluate rosters, give power rankings, do mock drafts, give out draft grades, suggest trades, preview playoffs, and anything else your league needs. Find them on Twitter at CPMC Podcast and createarank.com slash product slash CPMC. So what they asked was, what elements do you love to see in Dynasty Leagues? What types of leagues will you not join? Um, honestly, for me, the easiest one that I will not join is I will not join a standard league. Um, <laughs> and by, what happened? So that's like a dinosaur league from back yeah. in your youth. Yeah, yeah and, and just in case, what a standard league is, is, is basically no points per any reception. Um, when I, when I see football, I always think that wide receivers should get credit for catches, things like that, just because they're getting a lot of work and there's a whole different thing on that. And I don't want to get fully into it cause I can talk a lot about it. Um, what elements do you love to see in dynasty leagues? I don't know. I guess that's a, that's a difficult one. Maybe I don't know what that's meant. I think he's getting at, maybe there's like some aspect of it, some, some fun tweak to it. Like, uh, points per first down or um, a, a weekly game against the, the league average or highest score gets some sort of the, the pot upon completion of the season or something like that. Yeah, I do like those type of leagues where you get paid per week. I also do like when you get bonus points for like a quarterback going over 300 yards, something like that. Um, I don't mind all that just because, like I said, these guys for doing those – not 300 yards, like 350 yards because sure. I feel like 300 is – pretty common um ben what do you think about that the, that quarterback type of bonus all right so first off i'm watching the live draft right now i know this is off topic but someone just took my darling and Deion Kane, and I, i'm sad somebody took preston williams my darling and i'm pretty sad too and also Lou, you're up oh okay <laughs> answer the question ben <laughs> <laughs> I'm crying a little bit, but um, some of the leagues that I won't join um, probably will be, you know, the standard leagues, you know, they're just very old and I just don't know if anyone even does them anymore, to be quite frank. Uh, another league that I'll probably never join is a league that has kickers. That's true. Uh, because, kickers, yeah. Uh, I'll go defense, but kickers – yeah, there's just so much variables that go along with kickers because it's not like, all right, cool, you know, Greg Lake can kick a 60-yard field goal, but when is McVay going to have them do that? Or is the Rams offense even going to get to that point in this week? It's just there's so many other gears that have to twist and turn in order for a kicker to get points. So it's just too much for me to – because we can all sit down and be like, hey, you know, like, you know, Tom Brady, you know, we know he's going to be good and, he's, and this is why. We can give you bullet point reasons. You can't do that for kickers. We can do it for defenses, tight ends, running backs, uh, wide receivers, all that, but we can't do it for um, kickers. And then to go back to your point for, sorry for completely skipping it, but your point for QB bonuses and all that is, I think that's good. Uh, I mean, 300 is very, very typical. So I think in one of the leagues, I mean, I think it's like 400 point, or 400 yards for passing is like two or three points extra because to do that in the NFL is, I mean, it's hard to do because 
they also want to rush for 100 yards and having five to 600 yards of total offense is very, very impressive. So, Yeah, I think some of the stuff I like to see about Dynasty, you guys hit a lot of it. Um, one of the fun twists I, I see as a commissioner is having some sort of reward slash punishment. So in one of the leagues I'm in, we take a portion of the pot and we put it towards a custom – I'm sorry, a signed jersey of choice for the winner. So uh, the folks over at Pristine Auction do a pretty good job of having uh, affordable jerseys that can be framed up and stuff where you can buy an autographed jersey. So whoever wins our league, we're gonna, we, have a, we have a portion of the buy-in set aside for that jersey to give to them as, as a reward for winning. And then having a punishment uh, this year, our punishment is going to be to run a 5K in a costume of the uh, the league's okay. choice, and that can that that can be good and bad because it can drive people away from wanting to tank and uh, try to get the, the number one overall pick. Because in, in Dynasty, I think we 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 can all agree on this: either you're in first place or you want to be in last place because you want to gain the capital, the draft capital, and get stuff done. And having a punishment might deter some folks from being full tank mode because they know at some point they're going to get quote unquote embarrassed by, you know, running a 5k and some costumes. So just be careful with the punishments. Uh, I think they're, if they're in good fun, it, it can be some fun, but just understand that might change the philosophy a little bit of your, of your league. Yeah. Also, oh, hey, Lou, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you got to do me like that? Malcolm Brown. Why, why'd you have to take Malcolm? <laughs> That, uh, remember on the show, I was saying, I think he'd get back to me. That was him. <laughs> well, I was literally going to take him right here. I was literally going to take him right here. I'm so upset. I don't even know what's happening anymore. Oh, well. All right, guys. That's the end of the mailbag. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope it helped. You guys have a good night. See you, See you guys. Thank you, everyone, for the questions. Shout out to you. Goodbye.